PFF NFL Daily today discussing our favorite picks, actually steals of the draft here. That's what we're doing. The steals, the biggest steals of the 2022 NFL draft. So Sam, let's get right to it. Which picks did you love and think were steals during the draft? Well, the single biggest steal of the entire draft is N'Kobe Dean going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and look, I think this is true. Even if his, even if everything that was thrown out there on social media and on broadcasts during the draft is true, if his shoulder is in pieces and they have to piece it back together again from spare parts at the bottom of the, the hospital, it's still a steal. If he plays at all for the Eagles at this spot, he will dramatically outperform this draft spot. And if he is healthy, which, by the way, they claim he is, the Eagles are saying there's no problem. They expect him playing, practicing in like a week um, if that's true, like this is by far the best value of the draft, despite the fact that, you know, he's a linebacker and position value and all this kind of stuff. Like he has legitimate top 15 talent in this draft and slid all the way to the 19th pick of the third round. Yeah. And like uh, we were talking a little bit pre-draft that, you know, maybe some teams just had him as a third rounder. Or maybe some teams right. just said, hey, he's too short for us. We didn't see him run. We don't we'll, we'll just push him off the board. And that's when, like, if you could get that guy in the third round, he's still a first-round talent. I don't care what NFL team said. He is a first-round talent. Now, if he doesn't hit your measurables or there are maybe injury concerns, whatever, absolutely, that's worth the chance in the third round. I love it. And, and by the way, one of the one of the things that were sort of thrown at him as well, he only made plays because he had Jordan Davis in front of him and guys like that. Well, he still has Jordan Davis in front of him now, as it turns out, and he's got Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. So yeah, but those- if that was true... Those guys also. If that was had, true, those guys were also in front of Quay Walker, who went in the first sure. round. But if that was true, and he just needs big bodies in front of him to keep him clean, well, they're still there. So we should still still see the George and the Kobe Dean like playing for the Eagles. All right, we didn't chat ahead of time because I was going to go with my biggest steal. And by the way, it's it's from the Eagles as well. I think the biggest steal of the draft is AJ Brown. <laughs> AJ Brown, does that count? He wasn't a draft pick, no. but hey, when you could take eighteen overall and flip it one of the top receivers in the NFL. Yeah, you got to pay him. Yeah, you gave him the contract and all that stuff. But I don't think there's a better way to use a first round pick than to get that guy on your team. AJ Brown's the best wide receiver in this draft class. I'll say that. And now you got him locked up on your team. It's going to make last year's first rounder, Devontae Smith, all the better. And Mm -hmm. Eagles making some power moves because they had Jalen Hurts on that rookie contract. So I love it. I think AJ Brown was an absolute steal because in hindsight, if I had anybody to pick with my first rounder, it's probably A.J. Brown in this draft. Yeah, I mean, we, we were talking about this is a good wide receiver draft class, but there's no Jamar Chase. There's no, like, all-pro caliber, elite number one wide receiver in this group. A.J. Brown is, and the Eagles got him for a mid-first round pick. Okay, it cost them contract money as well, but, yeah, in terms of talent, that was a player that simply didn't exist in this draft class if they were going after one. So if you want to you wanna frame it like that, it, it, it makes some sense. I did. Thank um, you. Who else you got? Le- let me stick with wide receiver, though, because Sky Moore going to the Kansas City Chiefs with the 22nd pick of the second round. Jahan Dotson went with the 16th pick of the first round. And A, I think Sky Moore is a better player. And B... Sky Moore now gets to play with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> like, even just in a vacuum, if you just told me that Sky Moore went with the 22nd pick of the second round, I would say, oh, that's a steal. He's going to dramatically outperform that draft slot. In a couple of years' time, we're going to be saying, 
you know, how did anybody let him fall that far? It was obvious he was a better player than that. Now you get to say, well, that's your baseline. And now you get to add uh, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City offense. Like Sky Moore, I think, is, is potentially going to be an absolute star in that offense. And, and the mid-second round pick, low-second round pick, that's an absolute steal. Yeah, I love it. And, and the Chiefs also traded down and got him. Uh, the Patriots traded up and took a different receiver, Tequan Thornton out of Baylor, a guy that we had more of a, as a day three or, you know, late day two, day three type of pick. So I think the Chiefs really excited about Sky Moore, basically three first round values on the PFF board by the Chiefs in this entire draft. Right now, you can get 25% off any PFF subscription using the promo code NFLPOD. You get all of PFF's locked article contact, uh, content, fantasy football rankings and projections are coming soon, data and grades for the entire 2021 and upcoming 2022 season and much more support the pod use promo code nfl pod for 25 percent off any sub um i think okay is it receiver heavy this entire theme <laughs> but it's uh george pickens and your guy calvin austin second and fourth round respectively for the pittsburgh steelers i think i, I just love it for the steelers i didn't necessarily love kenny pickett in the first but man they are putting the pieces around Kenny Pickett, and that's a receiving core that already has Deontay Johnson, already has Chase Claypool. I don't know if Chase Claypool's on his way out of town because they had, um, you know, some some ups and downs over the last couple of years, but I think that's a fantastic job by the Steelers taking the potential home run that is George Pickens, and then that speed threat, that very, just a unique, small, but extremely explosive and fast receiver in Calvin Austin. Yeah, and I think it, it's a little bit of an endorsement for both those players as well, right? Because if there's Pittsburgh as a team are very good at identifying wide receiver talent and developing it and getting success out of those guys. So, you know, there are certain teams that seem to specialize at drafting certain positions and being above uh, above the baseline in terms of how those guys pan out. So there were a lot of people that didn't love George Pickens or had concerns about George Pickens. And, you know, obviously Calvin Austin slipped a reasonable amount in the draft. So for Pittsburgh of all teams to be the team that grabs both those guys, I think is a, a pretty good thing or a good feather in their cap. And, and hopefully the Steelers are right. Cause I was, I was a big fan of both those players and they're on the same offense now. So that, that could be very fun. You got anybody else here, Sam? Biggest, uh, biggest steals. I can't believe, I mean, it's it's all wide receivers right now, but I can't believe you ignored your guy um, out of Nebraska going to the Packers in the seventh round. Oh, Samari? Yeah. Samari Ture going to the Packers mm-hmm. in the seventh? That's about where he should have gone. Their third wide receiver in the draft, but oh, whatever. I mean, Ture, I mean, I, I didn't love him. I just knew he needed to be in the top 50 or so. <laughs> and, you know, just missed. Just missed on Ture. Um, I, I have a couple um, second rounders I want to highlight. Okay. Arnold Ebikati going to the yeah. Atlanta Falcons, and then my boy Juan Brisker going to the Bears. Um, it, they didn't go at unexpected times in the draft. I think th- there's a lot. There's a lot of people that I trust and like that really thought Ebikati was like a top fifteen, top twenty player in this draft. And I think you know from a production standpoint, he's there. Unbelievable measurables. It is funny when you look at Ebikati's measurables. If Trayvon Walker didn't exist in this draft, in this world, you might be talking about Ebikati as like, you know, he's right up there with Hutchinson, but without the arm length issues. So works out well, really productive. And I think for the Bears, even though you would have liked to see maybe some Justin Fields help with those first two picks, I think Jaquan Brisker is going to be excellent in that system and immediately contribute. So I liked those two particular second round picks. Um, the Chargers all the way down in the sixth round got uh, Jamari Sawyer, the 
uh, big offensive lineman, tackling college, probably a guard at the next level. For him, that, that's that's possibly a starting guard for them. You know, they might they they obviously drafted Zion Johnson in the first round, but they might put both those guys a guard, kick Matt Filer out to tackle where he's played in the past and has been pretty good, actually better than he had been at guard, um, at least for uh, for Pittsburgh before he moved over to the Chargers. They might have found like a starting caliber offensive lineman in the sixth round. I think that's an absolute steal. Um, and then, by the way, I think talk- I think that's the theme though. I feel like a lot of teams have starting caliber guards in rounds three, four, five, six. Like they've got some options sure. that are going to be you know could really pay dividends. And then we need to at least mention the quarterbacks because they that's all where I was fell go. so yeah. freaking far, right? And the one that I would highlight is Desmond Ritter um, because I think Ritter is the most pro-ready of the group. Even though Kenny Pickett went in the first round, I think Ritter is the guy that could start soonest, and they don't need him to. So he can actually sit there, develop, see if they can work on his accuracy issues, and all of a sudden he could uh, challenge Marcus Mariota for that job. I would, in a vacuum, love Malik Willis, you know, as far as he slipped. But I actually think because Willis is such an uh, unusual skill set or... You know, not necessarily just a conventional plug-and-play type of player. The fact that he slid as far as he did almost harms his chances because you're not building a custom offense for a third-round pick the way you would if he was a first-rounder or maybe a second-rounder. So I just, it is great value. I'm just not sure I would highlight it as much as a guy like Ritter who doesn't need a new offense for him. Like, he can just learn the Titans' offense, or the, the Falcons' offense, rather, and when he's ready, he's ready. Yeah, the thing with Willis, too, is you have Ryan Tannehill under contract for two more years, but maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's just stick him in this offense, let him develop his passing skills, and when and if it's time for Malik Willis to take over, you do have that offense crafted. I was going to highlight Sam Howell because he's all the way in the fifth round, so pressure is completely off uh, of Sam Howell, but of all the guys, you know, he showed so much potential as a freshman and as a sophomore, didn't necessarily develop as a junior, uh, and maybe the you know there's, there's a hit-or-miss history of... Tr- true juniors coming out that aren't elite prospects. Maybe just the extra time for Sam Howell is going to do him well. You look at, uh, you know, grinding the mocks, that site uh, by was Benjamin Robinson. And if you go back, you only have to go back seven months to find a consistent run of Sam Howell, number one overall mock drafts. That guy's gone from number one overall to the fifth round in seven months without like, you know, breaking his neck or anything. Like nothing happened to him. He just played football and didn't play tremendously badly and all of a sudden, he slips into the fifth round. You're right. Just from those terms, that has to be a steal. All right. So we're going to talk about the draft all week, pretty much, on the big show, the PFF NFL podcast. And, of course, here on The Daily. Be sure to join us every single day. Let us know. What are your favorite steals of the draft? PFF. Okay.